0: Practitioners, welcome to Cloud Tech Talks, your go-to-cloud podcast from Amidus Technologies. This is Sindhu Priya, Marketing and Alliances Executive from Amidus, back once again as your host for today's episode. We have with us today Janaki Ram, MSV Principal at Janaki Ram Associates. Janaki owns Multiple Laurels. In his 20 years of industry experience, he's an analyst, advisor to many niche cloud solution providers, an architect, contributor at Forbes and the New Stack, and a top-rated public speaker, I should say. Through his speaking, writing, and analysis, he helps businesses take advantage of the emerging technologies. He is here with us today to discuss the nitty-gritty of Gen AI in cloud. Yes, unpacking the evolution of AI in cloud services, a deep dive into hyperscalers strategies. That is the topic for today. Welcome to Cloud Tech Talks, Janikiram. How are you doing today? Great. Uh, thanks for having me.
1: It's a, it's a pleasure to be a part of this podcast.
0: So, uh, already. Right, so, throughout history, technology has evolved in distinct eras, each characterized by the, uh, uh, their significant advancements and innovations, like industrial evolution era, information era, space era, digital era, especially during the pandemic. So now it's the artificial intelligence era, isn't it? So AI is now ubiquitous penetrating every possible industry. Uh, Cloud is no exception to it. So we could see the hyperscalers like AWS, GCP, or Microsoft riding on the tide in the recent past. So why is this case, Chan?
1: Yeah, so uh, if we look at the public cloud, right, public cloud is all about scale. So initially, uh, cloud was all focused on compute and storage infrastructure, compute, storage, and networking. So it all started from there. And then uh, sometime in the middle of last decade, big data really picked up momentum. So big data was ingesting data from a variety of sources and uh, aggregating and consolidating the data coming from multiple sources in one location. And cloud became the default choice for that because cloud has uh, the significant scale and the economy to actually manage uh, uh, the the kind of scale that big data requires. So obviously, cloud has become the logical destination for big data. And uh, uh, customers started to ingest data from their existing databases, line of business applications, and then even IoT sensors, a variety of devices. And slowly, that uh, became what we today call as the data lake uh, which is a combination of both structured and unstructured data. But again, data is only means to an end. So after uh, customers started to move a lot of data to the cloud, uh, the next obvious thing was putting that to use. And, and it aligned with the rise of artificial intelligence because AI is essentially dependent on volumes of data, and big data just enabled customers and the cloud providers to harness the power of data to deliver artificial intelligence as a service. So cloud became the logical uh, destination. But uh, AI has been around for at least five, six years. You uh, know, Computer vision, mm-hmm. uh, natural language processing applications, and anomaly detection. Uh, a lot of AI models have been running on the cloud. But what actually happened since last November with the raise of chat GPT, the entire focus shifted from traditional AI to generative AI. So traditional AI, which is also called discriminative AI, was uh, primarily focused on classification or regression. So what it actually means is uh, you basically perform face recognition, object detection, image classification. So there is an AI model in action discriminating one from the other. You know, you feed a set of images. Uh, it can classify them as cats versus dogs. Or you basically send uh, some kind of a data point, and it can tell how the data would look like five years from now, like stock prediction or the Forex uh, prediction. Uh, so that is okay. basically re- linear regression. So that's been the traditional AI, which is called discriminative AI, because it can only discriminate between one type of data with the other type of data. but Generative AI is fundamentally different. You know, it it takes data and then it emits a very different kind of data. So it it doesn't discriminate. It doesn't just tell you whether the image is a cat or or, uh, a dog. But if you actually feed an image of cat and then you write a prompt saying, turn this into a cool cat, you know, it will actually generate an image of a cat with goggles and wearing a cap. And it actually reproduces the image with a very... Uh, very different uh, uh, characteristics, right? So that is generative AI. And uh, while AI has been very useful, generative AI has really demonstrated that kind of power and potential to customers. So everyone started to uh, really use that. And, and it is not just about using chat GPT, but now how do we bring our custom data set and how do we integrate our existing applications and data with conversational agents, chatbots, and how do we... Uh, use this for our own productivity and efficiency. So generative AI has become like the force multiplier, and it has taken AI to the next level. And and what this has done to hyperscalers is it has forced them to double down on infrastructure and storage because uh, these generative AI models are 10x more powerful, uh, which means they require 10x more of compute and storage. So that has really forced cloud providers to uh, really invest in that kind of an infrastructure to support the generative AI uh, architecture and the generative AI model. So so that's where we are. So if you look at uh, Amazon just announced the general availability of Bedrock and Titan, which is their generative AI platform just last week. And uh, last month at Google Cloud Next, Google has announced a Vertex AI generative AI platform And Microsoft has been closely partnering with OpenAI to bring OpenAI into Azure through Azure OpenAI. So uh, uh, there is a fundamental shift. And AI that we knew is very different from the AI that we are dealing with today. And that is all about generative AI.
0: Alright, so all our interesting information, I should say, Johnny. So since you spoke about the conventional models, we have been using these conventional models for a longer period of time for various applications, like you pointed out, for anomaly detection, uh, for image classification, recommendations, uh, for fraudulent uh, detections, transaction detections, as such. So, but the bird sees this foundational models as a paradigm shift. So, how are right. the foundation models different from the uh, conventional models, which was uh, used for a longer period of time? Absolutely.
1: So, so traditional AI uh, has two distinct characteristics, right? The first one is it's very, very specific to a use case or to a specific scenario. Uh, for example, so it's task specific. You... Exactly. Uh, for example, if you look at uh, face recognition, so, you will take a set of images that represent faces and you train a model, and that model can only detect human faces. Uh, right now, if you want to, for example, detect pets or wild animals and you want to deploy cameras in the forest to perform the count of tigers in a reserve, right, there you cannot use the model that is trained to recognize human faces. So, you need to train a different model. Uh, to to recognize tigers in a forest or in a tiger reserve area. So so these models are highly customized for a specific task. And the data set that is used to train is also very, very specific. And uh, uh, these are very niche and purpose-built models. For example, uh, when you take natural language processing, if you want to perform sentiment analysis, then you need to train a different model to precisely do that you know to take a tweet for example and classify that as positive or negative or neutral or a review uh, or a movie uh, rating right so so all of them are very purpose built based on a specific data set and this data set is also not very big uh, they are just few thousands of data points that are used to train these models but when you, when it comes to generative ai Uh, What actually powers generative AI uh, is the foundation model. And the foundation model is fundamentally different from the traditional AI model that we have been using, again, in two different aspects. The first one is the foundation model is very generic. It is a general purpose model uh, that can perform a variety of tasks uh, instead of training, instead of using. A purpose-built model for different tasks the foundation model is a very general purpose it is capable of performing a variety of tasks and variety of machine learning uh, mechanisms when compared to uh, traditional ai Uh, and and how are how are they capable of doing that because these foundation models are not trained on a specific data set that is highly structured or highly classified. They are trained on large corpora of data, pretty much that's available everywhere on the internet that can run into terabytes, petabytes, and zettabytes. Uh, And and when you train a model uh, based on uh, that huge corpora of data and and, and the way the foundation model uh, is is architected based on what is called as the transformer and the autoencoder model it learns a variety of techniques as it, as it gets trained and as, as it learns. So instead of using six traditional conventional AI models, we can use one foundation model and perform a variety of tasks. For example, uh, a, a, a large language model, which is one of the types of foundation model, just one model can perform text processing. That is, you, know, you throw a, a, a data at it and ask it to generate a report. It can actually do that. It can perform sentiment analysis. Uh, You you tell what is positive, what is negative, and then you send a data point, and it can perform sentiment analysis. It can do translation. It can translate one language to another. Uh, It can perform Q&A. You you basically uh, give a paragraph to it and then ask questions from that, and it can respond accurately based on the context you provide. Uh, And it can act as a chatbot. So earlier, to perform each of these, we had to train Uh, very different set of models on very different type of data. But now the data is the same. Uh, For example, the entire Wikipedia, the entire GitHub repo, everything that is available out there in the public domain is used to train these very complex, huge models, which are now called as foundation models. And these foundation models are general purpose, all-in-one, all-encompassing models that are uh, very powerful. And obviously, they require... Uh, massive compute and storage resources to actually uh, do something meaningful. So, so that is the fundamental difference between traditional AI models and what we call as foundation models. And again, now foundation models can be classified into different types. There is the most popular one is the text-based foundation model, also called as large language model, and uh, ChatGPT okay. or GPT-4 is one of the examples of that. Then there are uh, uh, diffusers, which are basically vision-driven, vision. Uh, based, where you give a prompt and it can generate an image. For example, stable diffusion or DALI from OpenAI are examples of those. You can even uh, upload an image and ask that to generate another image based on a different type. Uh, For example, you you upload a picture and ask ask the model to convert that into an oil painting uh, format. It can actually do that. So that is vision-based. And then, uh, of course, there is music generating uh, foundation models you know you can actually compose music using these foundation models because that yeah they, uh, so uh, you can actually train uh, these models based on data set for example if you can train a foundation model on all the air rahman songs since roja till ps2 uh, it can basically compose music exactly like air rahman and, and that is the future Ooh. of music generation yeah so that's that cool. is the Exactly, and audio, Uh, you know, you can actually train the audio foundation models with a variety of vocal uh, and voice clips, and it can actually clone uh, the voice. Uh, For example, uh, we can, you know, generate audio uh, and and voices in in choice of our uh, singers or celebrities. For example, uh, even if we lost uh, SPB, uh, we can actually have SPV sing for rajnikant because we can train a foundation model right. on a whole data set of SPV songs and it can actually compose or rather sing like SPV after we train. So that is an audio foundation model. So as you see, these foundation models are, are uh, pretty powerful and they can be adopted based on the smaller data sets that you bring. But their inherent capability makes them very powerful.
0: Wow that's inquisitive uh, charmakiram i should say while you were narrating all these concepts i already started imagining like how incredible it would be if I can feed in all the BTS songs into an audio-based foundation model and prompt it with my commands uh, to compose a complete song of my choice and preferences, how cool it would be. So um, I'm very sure like everyone is playing around with ChatGPT, irrespective of their industry or hierarchy or age for that matter. Very soon, we are going to experience all these innovative foundation models. It's going to be part and parcel of our everyday life. Damn sure about it. With that said, Janaki Ram, uh, we have come to the end of today's session. So uh, definitely, we have just touched upon the basics of all these chain AI. Uh, We are yet to cover uh, the hyperscalers uh, initiatives on these models. So, listeners, hope you had great takeaways till now. Uh, Stay tuned with us for the continuation. We are coming up with a lot more to discuss in part two of the episode. Till then, don't forget to write down all your cloud-related challenges to info at the rateofamidysglobal.com. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button before you log off for recent episode notifications. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Enjoy your cloud journey.